Welcome back to the Coruscant Nights podcast. We are very, very happy to have you here again for another week of brilliant Star Wars content. My name is Cooper. Alongside me, as always, is Mark. Hello there. And returning to the panel after his absence last week is Jack. Yay, hello. <laughs> he's back. And today, he's back for a good reason, because we are doing a ranking the Star Wars live action series. This is something that we had been discussing since the end of Ahsoka. Um, we kind of have touched on it, all of the shows, but we haven't really discussed where they rank in comparison. So I thought, you know what, let's do it today. And, you know, we've got some shows coming out next year. We'll probably update it, you know, sometime next year. But for the moment, we've got seven seasons of shows that we are going to rank on a scale from Masterpiece down to Hot Garbage. Um, <laughs> oh, so my it'll be very interesting to see how these series align. Just a quick reminder, we are on social media, pretty much every single social media platform under Coruscant Nights. Go follow us. We're very close to 100 subscribers. Make sure to subscribe um, so we can hit that goal before the end of the year. And as always, thanks to Ben and Keita for their support as our patrons. Okay, guys, shall we get into this ranking? 100%. Let's do it. All right. So I think we should start at the beginning. The uh, season one of the Mandalore. 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 The Mandalore. <laughs> one of the Mandalore. All right. Um, so, yeah, grab your Mandalore. <laughs> Mandalorian. And we'll go on the count of three. Three, two, one move okay Ooh. that's that's kind of about what i expected interesting i'm gonna i was really tossing and turning mark what, do you want to explain why you put it in amazing um well i mean that i think the way you described it is what it is amazing personally i don't know if i'd call it a masterpiece i don't know i just i know i'm comparing it to another show which everyone i think everyone knows which one i'm talking about and it will be seen later but I think that one has a rank of its own. And for that reason, I'm going to put Mandalorian pretty much just below it. Because I think Mandalorian season one is probably, in my view, the second best of the live action shows. Okay. Interesting. So I reckon I put it in Masterpiece because I was trying not to discuss with the fellow paid, uh, podcast people before the, obviously, the tier list video that we're doing. But to consider a project a masterpiece, I think you have to consider kind of all aspects of it, not just writing or plot or story. And I think, yeah, Mandalorian might like season one might suffer from a bit of writing or even um, length of this, of the episodes and show and the whole season as a whole. But I think it elevates in most of the aspects better than a lot of the other projects on here, which is why it's at, masterpiece because it's fun it's enjoyable action's great cinematography is great um um story is solid it's got a good tone it maintains its tone very well and it doesn't rely on cameos and random things happening for setups of the future i think it's the most focused story of being a unique project like we didn't know he's a new character brand new kind of period of time that which we didn't yet explore and I think it was something bold for Disney and uh, Lucasfilm and all them to kind of produce out, especially after having already popular, like on my screen, Bounty Hunters, which is would almost be like, oh, well, why did they make Mandalorian when you already have Boba Fett, which is basically, you know, similar. So that's, um, I just think it did it in a really good way. The format for being a TV show, I think, executed it perfectly too. I think it had that really fun kind of weekly um 
cliffhanger-esque and leading to the next week pretty well, like how we used to watch free-to-air TV, where you had to actually wait like 7 p.m. on this day. You got a new episode. I think it did it really well, like, but not also like dragging it out, but also feeling like it fits the TV show format better than a movie. So I think, yes, it, it, I'm calling it a masterpiece. However, we also only have seven seasons of live-action Star Wars shows, so who knows eventually when they release more or if this is just it for live-action shows. I think this is the best one that we've had so far for me, in my opinion. You summarized that really well because you've touched on a lot of points that I was going to mention about, you know, the story being pretty consistent throughout. I feel like um, seven and eight were probably some of the best um, story or one of the best stories you could tell in Star Wars, which was really um, Mm -hmm. quite compelling. I put it in amazing just because I, I think that there are some lackluster episodes um, I didn't really like the Gunslinger episode from memory. That just felt kind of a waste um, of an episode. But obviously, every episode has their intention. I might have just been missing what what it was intended for. But I put it amazing. It's a great series. And I think it was a really good foundation for, you know, starting the Mandalorian series. 100%. Yeah. Yep. That's very solid. Yep. All right. Number two. I think we should um, go with Obi-Wan Kenobi. I feel like this one could be uh, a bit interesting. So, on the count of three. Three, two, one. Oh, okay. Oh, Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. Universal. Universal. It is Stark Cooper, I reckon, since first the order. So, I'm going to save Mark's favorite line for him because I feel like he's the one that's going to want to touch on that. Uh... I didn't dislike Obi-Wan. I thought it just lacked a, a focused story. I mean, initially when I watched it, I'm like, oh, getting off planet to save Leia. Okay, that that's kind of the only reason I could think of that would actually get him off Tatooine. It was just executed so badly. <laughs> and some of the choreography. Oh, oh, my God. And plot conveniences. I also found that there were way too many in this se- uh, season. I'm hoping that there's not a season two simply because if it's Deborah Chow still in charge of this show um, I, I don't think it's going to be to the standard that we expect but you know what? it had its high moments but it also had some really disappointing lows I think it's got some of the most forgettable moments as well especially when Obi-Wan's trying to help the rebellion and like what why are we what this is not always promised in the series. This was meant to be a Vader versus Obi-Wan series. That's what they promoted it as. And mm. we only got like you know, 10 minutes of it, 15 minutes of it. It felt like Godzilla in the first Godzilla movie. He was in it for like five minutes. <laughs> That's the best comparison I can think of. Anyway, average average show. Um, yeah. Jack, what do you think? Um, I'm going to probably rip into it a little bit more. I was borderline fencing it hot garbage, just primarily <laughs> because of how already perfect everyone's story is from um three to four and how already i was on the fence when they announced this show like so it was already giving me a bit of like he's a legacy character you're putting him in a disney plus show format which is i think already a bit of disrespect because like he's one of the most important characters in the whole series and he's getting a disney plus show instead of a focused solo movie like we got Han Solo movie. Like, why can't we get like a Obi-Wan movie? But anyway, and then we could have, I think 
the main issue I had with the show is I agree with Cooper. It had, it felt like, I know there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but it had a lot of rewrites. It felt very multiple stories kind of merged together, like different ideas trying to come out. It just like, especially with implementing Leia, I think they deliberately had her in there just as a plot device for uh, Obi-Wan to kind of get off planet and versus Vader, which I think is just pretty lame in my opinion, because I like the actress for Leia. I just think that she was almost more of a lead role than Obi-Wan. And like we said, with some other characters in our review of Obi-Wan, that uh, I think they tried to draw the focus off Obi and Vader a lot. I think this was a perfect opportunity for them to explore more Vader side aspect of it and how he's been struggling with the grief, struggling with his new kind of suit still kind of tossing up between like what his wants and needs are in this kind of time period. Instead, we get really plain shots, very bad writing, very poor acting in my opinion. I thought it reminded me of the early days of episode one, Phantom Menace, like just cheesy lines, really bad line deliveries all around. Um, The lighting wasn't great. The choreograph wasn't great. Um, The only reason why it's in average and not hot garbage is because they are, like I said, good characters from the past. So it's kind of hard to put in hot garbage when you've got Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I just think even the music, I really didn't like his theme. No offense to John Williams. I think that's probably one of my least favorite themes that he's ever done. It just felt so like, I know it's the point to be hopeless. However, when you call Kenobi theme, that's not where he was in his prime. How does he get a theme when he's an older man hibernating on Tatooine? Like where's, Where's he? I'm never going to link that theme to him when I think of it. I'm going to think of Battle of Heroes from episode. Three. You know what I mean? Like, I just think they they really missed the ball in this one, and I really wish it was in movie format because it would have cut down weird chasing scenes, which I'm, which is just laughable when you think of it. How a six year old or nine year old or whatever can outrun full grown men in a forest by just randomly using their little legs. Like, ah, oh, it's just, oh, it was just, ah. Uh, honestly the more i talk about it the more i don't like it so i think i should move on to mark's yes i think so and i think both of you have touched on almost every reason and before i go into that i want to ask cooper what he meant by there's a line he thought i was going to say one so you did me just mean baseball bat yes okay i was going to get to that but i just wanted to say on jack's point i think i would agree pretty much the only reason i didn't put in hot garbage is because of the characters in it and I mean, I've said on so many occasions why I don't, I didn't really like this show, and it was also kind of sad because, to me, it felt like a birthday present because it came out on my birthday. Mm. But just, I agree, the story just didn't work at all, in my opinion. Like, I even disagree with the whole fact that Obi Wan had to leave Tatooine for the story. I feel like what I was more expecting is it would show what his life was becoming on Tatooine and his relationship, if anything, with Luke and Owen uh, and Baru rather than Leia and, you know, Bail Organa and all them and the Rebellion. So the story, I mean, I think the story just was a big miss. Choreography again, baseball bats. I don't know how many times I've had to say it. This show was the worst one of them all for baseball bats. And we've seen it in many other shows I just can't, there's this one battle scene I can't ever get out of my head, which is Obi-Wan fighting against Stormtroopers. Oh. And he just, he whacks it like this and it bounces off their armour. That's not how a lightsaber works. I just can't oh. get it out of my head. 
And then, and then, as you guys said, with plot conveniences, there's another scene where Leia's hiding underneath Obi-Wan's coat in the middle of an Imperial base, and no one notices it. Like, this is the Empire. They they wouldn't <laughs> not see this. There's just too many things that, that have gone wrong with this show that just can't be excused. And like Jack, the more I talk about it, the more I don't want to talk about it. So I think I'll leave it there, but... The only reason, again, it's not hot garbage is because pretty much of Hayden and Ewan. Can I just quickly say also, we forgot also to mention another infamous scene where the um the lady helping Obi-Wan just, like, palms <laughs> the stormtrooper's head and goes flying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Oh, my goodness. Oh, just, oh, oh. Okay. You guys are convincing oh, me. So I, I'm moving Obi-Wan. I'm not moving it down to hot garbage, but I'm, I'm not putting it at the top of average. Yeah, let's just feel like this. Let's just move it down here. <laughs> I'm I'm moving it here. I'm moving it across a bit. I'm not putting it at the top of average. It's oh, not that good. Wow. Um, all right. Let's do the most recent one, Ahsoka. Yeah. I also feel like we're going to get similar responses for this one, but you know what? Well, I guess we'll find out. Three, two, one, go. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, Ooh. okay. All right. So, Jack and I have gone great. Mark's gone amazing, Mark. I guess you're... I'm yeah. really struggling to get the box to fit in. There we go. <laughs> All right, should I go first? Yeah. Okay, I, I might be adding on to yours because I'm not sure right off the top of my head all the points, but I just found it... Well, actually, I'm, if anything, I'm more interested that you both put it in great because mm. I think from our series of reviews, you guys had the most different opinions on the series. Oh. But I, I pretty much overall really enjoyed it. And even if there were... A few things that didn't make sense, whether it's the first episode with with uh, Sabine getting stabbed, and then the next episode she was pretty much fine. Whether it's Thrawn and not superbly doing what he always does with his mastermind abilities, and kind of just <laughs> failing in that respect, or the fact that there was the show I feel like was very slow, especially yes. I'm pretty sure it was episode four. Wasn't mm. forward the space, the dog fight that lasted forever. Other than those few points, I think overall I enjoyed the story. I was kind of let down at the end when it was basically nothing happened. They just switched places. Mm. But I still found it enjoyable and seeing all the characters return and the interactions with each other. Mm. And yeah, I mean, Balin and Shin, I feel like really carried this show a lot as well. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm really I mean, interested to see what happens there. Yeah. You've pretty much nailed a lot of what I was going to say. And I feel like the reason that it's keeping me from putting it in amazing is because, one, the last episode was probably one of the worst finales I've ever seen. Now that I think back on it, I really didn't like it. I would probably mm. even drop my ranking even more um, than what it was, which I think was like a five. I just, I really did not like it. Um but what I did love is getting to see the Rebels. That was probably mm-hmm. my favorite. That was my most anticipated bit. And I think they did it in such a respectful way and that was so true to the characters. And I love that now that the um, writers and actors strike is now finished, that, um, that the actors and actresses who play these characters are coming out and saying, you know, it was such an honor to play these characters. They had such a good time. And that makes me feel really happy inside because it's like, okay, Dave Filoni's done the right thing. Um, I can't remember who the casting person is it sarah finn 
I, I can't remember. Anyway, if it was her, she did a great job of um, of getting these characters, uh, of these actors and actresses. So yeah, I I can't put it above great because of the other series that I'm going to put up there. But I thought it was a pretty solid show overall. If I can quickly say one more thing before Jack goes, that I yeah. forgot to mention. I don't want to say that one episode can carry a whole show, but episode five with Anakin and the clone was, I think that also needs to be mentioned as to why it's in it for me. Amazing. Yeah. Just seeing Anakin return again to his actual Anakin self, not necessarily Darth Vader. Okay. So I don't want to be a negative Nancy as (laughs) some might say. I initially, if you guys are watching, I have moved my Ahsoka to the, more lower side of great because there's just so much there was so much potential with this show i think this show almost had more potential than every other one on the list because of the characters they had the storyline that they were perceiving to show and i think they fell flat in a lot of the aspects so i want to begin off by saying i think balen and shin's storyline subplot was probably the most interesting part of it i even think it was more interesting than thrawn's return which is probably in my opinion, shows about where their priorities were almost lying a bit. Um, I will also first like to disagree with Cooper on the finale. Yes, I thought the finale was bad. However, it, it I thought it actually did an all right job at setting up for another season. It just didn't do a good enough job at compl- like ending, capping off this season on its own. This is definitely was a setup for everything else, which we I think we can agree that's a setup for other stuff. However, I don't think, I think it's a bit harsh to say it's really bad finale when it's not the finale of the whole show because there's other seasons. Like Andor, for mm-hmm. example, I didn't like the Andor finale because it didn't really, like I liked aspects from the finale. Obviously, the thing I'm going to think about is obviously the speech. However, it didn't really end the show because it's not the end of the show, if that makes sense. So I think it's a bit unfair to say it's not great because, well, they're obviously leading to other stuff. Anyway, my point. Cooper, you said the casting was good. I would actually like to disagree on a lot of the aspects of that. I struggled to see a lot of the characters from being animated translated into this, especially with Sabine. I don't like to rag on on the actress at all. thought she did a fine job. Fine is a word. I just think that she was leaning a lot towards not how I perceived her as like the independent, strong kind of character she was in Rebels instead of more of a just a complainer, someone who closes herself off still after all these years. And even um, with how they did Ezra with not using the lightsaber, like I just think a lot of the decisions for the characters tainted my opinion about how the actors portrayed them, which I think is a bit unfair. And I'll give them that. I think it's a bit unfair. I thought the writing could have been a bit better. I know Dave wrote, I think he wrote the whole thing. Like, so it's good. It's his vision. It's what he wanted to do from what I know. However, I still don't think it was as good as writing as um, it was in Rebels with the characters. I know they had more time to develop them. However, I thought we backtracked a little bit on some of the characters' progression through the seasons, like on how they would be now. Ahsoka, I thought she was okay. And this is her show. This is where I most have issues with. I thought she was just okay. I thought the when I think of the Ahsoka show, my mind instantly goes to like Thrawn's return of when the ship's coming over the thing. I think of Balin fighting Ahsoka. I think of Balin's motives. I think of his themes. 
I don't really associate Ahsoka to her own show. Mm-hmm. In this yeah, that's true. When I think of the best moments of the show, I don't think of Ahsoka. I think of Anakin too. I think of young Ahsoka more than I do of main Ahsoka when he got her for one episode. You know what I mean? This is where my issues are. I think it's a, I think it's great show, but borderlining top of average because of how much potential it had and how much it kind of just played it safe. And that's where I have main issues for because this show could have easily been a masterpiece with the characters they have, the plot they're trying to tell, readapting the heir to the Empire, having Thrawn be the main villain. Just they just rinse and repeat Disney kind of tropes of just bad guy having to lose, but also because it's Thrawn, you can't have him lose. So it was all a strategy of losing kind of deliberately or getting away or off like weird minor like loopholes. And it was just I don't know. I just think in theory, he should have destroyed them in two seconds, especially with that bombard. I don't know. Things like that just... That bombard. And I cannot call it an amazing show, but I can call it a pretty, pretty great show, but not fully great, if that makes sense. So I think that's that's why it's in great for me. Yep. Very, very in-depth discussion there. And just if you want to hear more of what Jack has to say, we've done a whole breakdown of the series, so (laughs) go check it out. All right. Let's do um, The Mandalorian Season 3, I reckon. Season 3. Yeah, yeah, jump to 3. Okay, 3, 2, 1, go. Okay, all right. Um, well, Mark! Oh, my Okay, goodness. that actually makes me angry. That makes me Mark? so angry, Mark. <laughs> Are you serious? Can I start oh, this one, please? Of, it was between great and average, and in the split second, I started to go great. Okay. Super can, can, I, can I start off? I've got all my others listed, so that's why I put it there. Yeah. Okay. This is by far the worst season of television I think I've ever seen. Yeah. There is nothing good about this season. I agree. I've watched it twice. I cannot find any redeeming qualities about this season. And I can't believe I ranked it like as I did so highly when we did the the, um, watching series back in when we started the channel. And I was, I thought, you know what? Yeah, it's not bad. Um, it was pretty good. There were some great episodes. Sure, I'll admit there's some good episodes, but they don't contribute to anything. The story is so bad. Yeah. Moff Gideon's demise is so bad. Mando's character development is so bad. Rogu so doesn't do anything. It's so just there. It's <laughs> such a bad season of television. I, I just cannot fathom how this got through production. Yeah. Like, I, oh, I yeah. don't. I'm going to rage if I go anymore so someone else can go. Yeah, I want to go next because, I don't know, I just want to get it out there before Jack rants as well. Honestly, I'm still even not sure myself if I would put it in great, but I'm keeping it there because that's where I put it. The sad thing is I agree with almost everything you just said, but I don't know, I think the story was a bit boring but I still found it somewhat enjoyable to watch, apart from that damn Jack Black droid Lizzo episode. That was one of, I agree, that was one of the worst things I've ever watched. And I found it so hard to watch. And I described in the, in our podcast review of that episode as a fever dream. <laughs> like it was just, it feels like something that you have when you're sick and yeah. you watch that. <laughs> yep. But I mean, I think with the Darksaber and everything and Bo Katan. And getting Grogu, <laughs> I know Jack hates it, but getting Grogu into quite, kind of more of the Mandalorian side of things, I thought that was pretty fun and interesting to watch unfold. 
So, I mean, I definitely would have the season redone, but I think bare bones, it did have potential to be a lot better than it was. Very modest. Ready for me to get cancelled? <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go. I know what you're going to say, but let's go. No, you don't. Yes, Ready? I do. Here we go. No, you don't. Here we go. Yes, I do. Go. Rogue needs to die. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just playing. No, the, the reason why I said that is because they really need to keep Grogu out of the season because I really think they just had him in shoehorned in here just to get people who have been watching The Mandalorian for Grogu only because, wow, he does nothing in this, in this show and ruins his own development for a character who's only just been introduced. Like, what? Anyway, uh, I'm not going to go into it too depth because the reason why it's hot garbage is because of how vastly different it is from the first two seasons being, like pretty amazing to masterpiece tier level of Star Wars content. So absolute trash. Like, wow. Like we literally have Mandalorian being sidelined in his own show. Here we go. Another Mandalorian character who was from the cartoons. Oh, Bo-Katan. Sure. You know, she's all right. I didn't love her in the animated shows. I mean, like, I don't know if there's a cult following for her. Why is she taking over the show? Like, why is it, why is it all about her? Okay, whatever. That makes no sense whatsoever. She literally is more overpowered than Din in his own show. Din in this season just continues to show us how poor of a Mandalorian he is. It makes me just... when I And this is why I was talking to the guys on the channel here, people, about how Din made it so far in the, in the bounty hunter list. I'm like, he's horrible. He doesn't do anything. He just... The only time we've seen him actually do something successfully is when he's taking, when he's taking bounties of people who literally don't have weaponry on them or are just basic tier crooks. He doesn't actually take out anyone great because Grogu saves him. Other Mandalorians help him. He's he's borderline beta in every situation. He's just, he doesn't do anything. He's inexperienced. He's pretty stupid. Like he does, he, he, needs, he needs help in every aspect. And this season just makes me not like him at all. And that's what I really don't like because I love Mandalorian, right? I gave it Masterpiece. Seeing this season may, is making me lose hope about the way they're going for with him. And I almost wish they just stopped it after season two because oh, everything in the show is bad. I, there's not one. The only redeeming factor I can give it is. Well, it's taken you a long time to think of it. Music. <laughs> the music is still good. There's good themes and stuff. That's literally the only thing I can grab. Like I refuse to rewatch this show ever again. When we when Mandalorian season four gets announced, I am going to watch season one and two again. Skip season three, get ready for four because it is that bad. I know I made a um, episode about the disappointing Book of Boa Fett. Honestly, I think Cooper and I might need to make a hot garbage Mandalorian season three video because wow, hey, look, I would even join. <laughs> you put it that great. <laughs> no, you notice I've put it halfway now. Yeah, yeah, we've we've signed Mark again, but yeah, honestly, it's. It's a, a Star Wars media, which I thoroughly didn't enjoy. And, and I'm a big Star Wars fan. That just shows. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say for it. I would just like to add something. Mark mentioned the episode six um, with Jack Black and Lizzo being a fever dream. That was also the episode that Bo-Katan got the Darksaber on a technicality. Technicalities. Yeah. So, so weird. They ruined the whole point of the Darksaber. And then it got the one episode. Anyway. 
Like, I just, oh, they yeah, I, I need to, I need to rant in a video. Yeah, um, so bad. That'll come probably. I don't know. Sometime <laughs> in the future. All right, next one. Let's do Andor. Yep. Yeah. Three, two. I feel like okay. Three, two, one. This one's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Interesting. I'm gonna put it here. Yeah, I'm not too surprised about your yeah. placement, Jack. Well, yeah, yeah. Jack told me beforehand he was gonna do this. Yeah. I mean, since I'm different, do you want me to just quickly? Yep. Off? Yep. Um. Look, I agree with the. I'm gonna agree with the guys and what they say. It's not gonna. It's kind of like situation with reverse with the Mandalorian season one. I just think. I know it's not an action-y, fast-paced show. However, when I'm comparing all aspects again, I think it, maybe when see maybe when Andor as a show finishes entirely, I'll put it as a masterpiece if it continues to maintain its quality. But purely based on the only first season that we have, I just think the pacing is real, real slow. There's a reason why they released the first. It was the first whole arc they released at once, wasn't it? And and that's when you know they they did that deliberately because if they released weekly for those three first arc, wow, I think this show will be is 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 better when you binge watch it as a weekly format. Wow, not not great in my opinion because it's just character like aside from Andor and a few others like maybe Luthen, but um a lot of the characters are just in my opinion I don't care about I don't care about the crew that he has. No offense to them. They're not as they're nowhere near as good as Rogue One's cast and characters. Like for example, Jin, we only had her for a movie, and I still prefer her over the characters we spent more time with. Aside from Luthen and Andor, she comes third in line. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I just think the show is either there's there's two perspectives. I think people are calling it the best thing ever since sliced bread. Don't think it is right. <laughs> But I also don't think it's hot garbage like some other people, like some other big YouTubers, I will say, that are calling it boring, a waste of time, not Star Wars. I think it does perfectly for what it does. I just think it's not as good as other things in Star Wars. Like, I think it's something that you have to take into consideration before. You know how people say go into media and shows and movies with, with an open mind? I think this is the one show I would say don't come in with an open mind and come in knowing what you get because then you'll enjoy it better. Coming into it thinking it's going to be like a fast-paced spy espionage thriller kind of aspect, I don't think you'll enjoy it as much because it's a slower-paced version of that and it's it's a slow burner. So if you tell someone it's a slow burner and they go into it optimistic as a slow burner, they will love it a lot more. And I think that's why I have to put it at amazing because I think going in, you can put the Mandalorian season one on anyone's shoulder, non-Star Wars fans alike, and they will like it. I think. I think that's how I describe it as being better than Andor. Andor is something a very select taste. I think will like it a lot more. Like so, that's why I have to put it amazing. But don't get me wrong, still an amazing show and one that I will cherish for a long time. And you guys will explain the other benefits yep. of it, positives. So, well, I go Cooper. Yeah, or you do you want to go? Uh, well, I'm going to try and keep it brief again, but. I was going to mention that point that Jack said about you got to go into it knowing what it is because I was going to say a similar thing. It's more of you need to like, I don't know how to put it into the right words, but it's something you've got to watch and take it slowly and internalize everything that's happening and Mm. think about it rather than just kind of watching it mindlessly. Mm. That makes sense. And that's what I really like about it. And as many people know from the podcast, 
I've always said the politics and world building sort of things really in intrigued to me, which is why I put it at Masterpiece. And what I always think about with this show that I love is the writing, because I think the writing of this show is phenomenal, top notch. I don't think it's been beaten in Star Wars, personally. Even maybe maybe movie-wise, there's been Rogue better. One. But yeah, I was thinking Rogue One. Yeah. But in terms of the shows, in terms of shows we're ranking, obviously by where I put it as masterpiece, it's easily the best written show. Uh, the world building is what really kept me in, and I do agree with the first arc, even the the one with this uh, the highest arc. That one wasn't as interest intriguing to me and didn't necessarily keep me in as much as I know Cooper really loved it. So it was a bit slow to get through it. But after I've seen the whole season, I can appreciate it a lot more, which is, again, why I think the point of if you know what you're getting into before you watch it, you'll enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. So think... I'm really looking forward to see what comes from this. And I loved seeing, especially like the Imperial and like mm -hmm. the Imperial Senate things and the beginnings of the Rebel Alliance, mm -hmm. all those things are just, they ticked all the boxes. And that's why I love this show so much. That's great. 100% right. Mm -hmm. I've touched on this show a lot before, um, as we all have, I suppose. I'm not going to say the basic thing. I think I rewatched it recently and I really have an appreciation for it in a new sense because of how it handles the Empire. This is the mm. first time in a Star Wars media since probably A New Hope that I have felt that the Empire is genuinely ruthless, is genuinely scary, and it has this just such tight grip around the galaxy. That's so constricting. And I love that Cassian... I'm going to try and recite this line from the trailer from memory. But he's got this mentality... Not mentality, but he's got this kind of idea that they could never imagine it, could never imagine what, that someone like me could end up in their house because they're so fat and satisfied. <laughs> I love yep. that line. Yep. I love that line so much because it just really shows that the Empire is, it's almost like a fragile, it's like a vase. Mm. I don't know why I'm using that as an analogy, but it looks sturdy and strong and really... Foundation. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a good foundation. But, you know, just a couple things, you you know, the wind might knock it over or you, someone might, yeah. you know, enough force will push like it a, over like and then it cracks. Cards. If you knock yeah. the bottom card out, the whole thing will tumble down. Yeah, exactly. Jenga. It's Jenga. So, it is. So I just, I really like the fact that the Empire feels such a threat, but also feels familiar and vulnerable. vulnerable. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. So Andor is a masterpiece. I know it's a slow burner, um, but I think it's also very rewarding when you watch it and you're able to recognize these characters and see these characters come together and follow the story um, episode to episode. So yeah, I really love Andor. Um, I don't know which one to do next. Do you guys have a preference? Let's do Mando. Mando season two. All right. Three, two, one. Move it. Oh, no. Guys, I need time to think. Uh, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh, okay this I one's do. very scattered. Masterpiece? Oh, you go first. I want to hear it. You want me to go first? Okay. I think that this is some of the best linear storytelling in Star Wars. 
I think it really benefits from the fact that there is right from the get-go an established goal and an established purpose of what is happening in the season. I think there's only one episode that doesn't even contribute towards it, but to get seven episodes of progression to getting Grogu to this Jedi and the anticipation that's coming from that, I think is really spectacular. I know that there are a lot of characters in this um, and it introduces like Ahsoka, Boba Fett, um, who are missing Bo-Katan, but I don't think that their appearance hinders the series at all. I think it really, it almost amplifies it because it brings this world together. It connects it, shows that these different characters exist at the same time. It's like Jack and I had a discussion the other day about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm not going to go into it, but it was basically about the connectedness of of the universe and Jack didn't necessarily think it was a great thing. I did, but I almost feel like this is the same with the Mandalorian season two that, you know, it, the fact that all these characters are coming into it and you can see how they interact and you get to see their journeys continued while not being the primary source of the show. I just, I really like that they took that approach. It's got great character development for um, Grogu and I think it doesn't have as much for Din, but he acts as a good I was going to say narrator because he's the one that's driving the show and, you know, we're following him, but he doesn't really speak that much. So I put it in Masterpiece and above the first season. I liked it more than the first season. I think that every episode except for episode two was really, really good. And, mm. you know, I I don't really have much more to say about it. I think it's a masterpiece of series or season. Who's going next? I'd like to, I'd like to hear Jack go next. Alrighty. Um, <clears throat> you said one thing in your point that is kind of why I put it at great. Din. I like the Mandalorian. He's not in, he, I feel, is overshadowed a lot in this season with all the cameos, Grogu being really cool, the anticipation of the Jedi. I really didn't care less. I couldn't care less for Din. And yes, it was fun. Yes, it had episode. I think it was. You said linear story. I actually want to disagree because I think in each episode it had its own story really done well, but the overarching kind of lingering of the Jedi, I think, is too... How do I explain this? It was very... I wouldn't say it It was dragged. I think it would have been dragged if the episode itself wasn't as entertaining. That's what I'm trying to say here. I think it got carried by all the fun stuff that you saw and didn't expect because that story of the Jedi thing was basically resolved at the end of, you know, like Luke came and stuff. And then it, nothing really, I think it hinders knowing season three's kind of outcome, but it didn't really progress anything at all after that. And I think I preferred, I prefer the more focused storytelling. And if you go from my list right now, you can see how Mandalorian and Andor season one, I mean, Andor and Mandalorian season one, I like them the most because of their, focused storyline telling the tone for Mandalorian season one was solid. The tone for this one slowly started to progress with Din being not as adequate and not as formidable as he was in season one. Season one may have had more boring, slower elements that didn't really connect to anything, but I think the Mandalorian being some sort of traveling warrior works better than trying to connect him to the greatest star Wars franchise. And this is what you were saying about the interconnected. I liked things being connected, for example, Andor is connected, 
but loosely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's giving you context to the other stuff. I don't want this new character. He's interacted with almost everyone now. Get him in to interact with Anakin, and he's met all the famous people. Like, he started off as some random guy in Mandalorian armor doing small bounties. Now he's mixing with Bo-Katan. He's now got some heritage like lineage he's now got a super powered super um force wielding um partner he's met boba fett if not the most scariest bounty hunter in the galaxy he's he's met luke skywalker like it's it's just too much i don't want him to be yeah i don't want him to be this multiversal person who's interacted with everyone no he's not he's i prefer the linear story you know and it's above ahsoka because it does better episodes more enjoyably on its own but man you said that the cameras don't hinder it when i saw Bergton, i was like okay i mean we also didn't know season three was gonna feature her so much but i'm like why is she here i was like she's not i if anything you would expect sabine to maybe be lingering looking you know or being with the soaker in that episode but like Bergton, no offense she wasn't that big of a character in the clone wars and stuff like Season seven, she probably had more influence, obviously, on the Siege of Mandalore. But like, she's not someone I was like, yeah, I really want to see Bogatan live action. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that. Like, the only one that I was really wanting to see was Boba Fett because we obviously knew that like he should have survived that of all the books after it and everything. But I just think all the stuff from season two of Mandalorian I enjoyed didn't really involve Din that much and didn't really, you know, have that kind of. This this show should have been called like what what would it be a good name? It'd be like um the in between period, <laughs> like the period between six and seven that just has a bunch of characters in it. Because calling it the Mandalorian is kind of almost uh, it's useless because he's he's just there as being there. Like he he doesn't really influence the story that much. I know you're saying he take takes Grogu around, but in the end, everyone else helps him to get to the point. Boba Fett ends up joining him saying, I'll help your cause, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I'm like, wow. Well, I, I was like, yeah, no, I don't know. It's just, and once again, if it wasn't for the Jedi, um, Luke, or if it wasn't for the other bounty hunters, he wouldn't have made it that far. So yeah, I don't know. I just think it was too branching out into other multi, you know, projects that I just didn't want at that time. I want to focus storyline with characters. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, I think hearing both of you speak has made me feel more convinced of where I've placed it in the in between you two because I agree with both of what both people of what you've said. And Jack, I do agree with the. I think one of the main points of yours I agreed with is kind of the direct connectedness between the Mandalorian as a person, character, and other characters, and then expanding of the story from that. I agree that he's he's. This is why I like season one and put it a bit higher because he's more of just a guy to quote Django Fett, trying to make his way throughout the galaxy. Mm. But I put it in between because I think just episodically, I really enjoyed and found each episode interesting in its own right. And the one that really comes to my mind is the one with Mayfeld, Bill Burr's character, when they go into that that Imperial base. Mm. That is one of my all-time favourite Mandalorian episodes. I'm sensing it. Yeah, I don't even know if I... I'm not sure if I put it as my favorite but it's definitely close to if not my favorite mandalorian episode oh you're spoiling next week's podcast (laughs) (laughs) well i think i think that 
like even the tension of is he actually going to take his mask off because we've had a season and a half of he's never taking his mask off and then it happens. Yes, Jack? You got something to say? When is coining? Am I getting confused? Didn't he take his mask off season one? Yeah, he I didn't, think he, he did, didn't. He didn't take it off about, as a it choice. Wasn't, it wasn't it was, in public. And yeah, they're talking choice. about to other characters. I thought you meant like the way you said it, like a season and a half. Like we have seen his face, but yeah, like, but I mean, no. like he's you know he's very strict about his yeah, yeah. faith of you don't take the helmet off in front of other people. Living, and then he yeah. he did it for you know for the sake of the mission, mm-hmm. and. That dialogue, I've watched just the scene so many times with Mayfeld and that Imperial officer. Oh, yeah. That's that's one of my favorite scenes of all time, I think. Just the acting and the again the writing with more Imperial lore. See, I think that's what keeps me in, in these in these shows. So um that's what I was like. I'm sensing a theme here. Everything that he's classed as being really good stuff has had great Imperial content with it. Yeah. Because yeah. we've I think we've in reality, we haven't had a whole lot of that, even with the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's a lot about the rebels and yeah. the empire's just there, but yeah. it's something that's so important and entwining in all of Star Wars that, and we don't really know heaps about it. So it's just so so good and amazing to actually learn about the inner workings of the main antagonist mm. force. Definitely, but yeah, I think I think that's why I've chucked it in amazing. Yep, mm. <laughs> chucked it, just Chuck chucked it. it. All right. <laughs> Let's finish with the book of Boba Fett. Three, two, one. Let's move it. Woo! Oh, is that? All right. So I thought that was going to be a joke. No. No, I, I. Are you talking about me? Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely is a joke. I thought oh, okay, I was, yeah, I was trying to say. make Jack feel a bit. I was just confused again. Like, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's. Uh, as I mean, we've, we've all put it pretty episode, much in the same spot. As we've, gone, as we've gone through this episode, I've more and more become less enthused by my own rankings. <laughs> Cooper's, Cooper's Your list looks so through. weird. Yeah, Cooper's surprisingly very in line with mine, which is actually crazy because yeah, divided more than Mark and I. So that's funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Mark, you I feel like I need to move Obi Wan. Oh, I don't know. I'm just really not convinced by my own ranking. It's too hard. Since I talked a whole video about the Boba Fett, I might as well... Okay, I might as well go into it. Um, Go so, watch his video. Yeah. <laughs> so seeing this, you might wonder, after calling it the disappointing book of Boba Fett, why is it above Kenobi and Mando Season 3? That's a good question. I think because primarily the other two, I think, had greater potential and had greater kind of builds up with the characters that they failed so much more than Boba Fett did. Because in the end, Boba Fett, he was only a character who kind of stood around and was just kind of like, it will be done kind of thing. Like, no, just in the, you know what I mean? He didn't actually do much. So in, in the end, he didn't really have much groundwork to go off. However, I think it was enjoyable in the aspect of one, his new suit was sick. Tomorrow Morrison, I love him. Three, his theme is goated. I love, I love his theme so much. Mm-hmm. For the premise. Now, this is where I'm a bit sad. Having Boba Fett, this is, okay, without knowing about the show, Boba Fett as a mafia boss of the bounty hunter guilds in Tatooine. Wow. 
what an idea of a show that is. Oh, this is going to be amazing. And then it's just not. It's just horrible. <laughs> uh, it's horrible. But I think the premise is, is, is a lot better than the other two. It had an idea, just executed it horrendously, so bad. I just think with Boba Fett, they had so much potential with him again. <laughs> they just fell flat on their face. Like the chase scene, staying at Tatooine, the ever-looming th- fear of someone attacking but never actually seeing it happen until the end, introducing Cad Bane at the end for him to just die. Oh, like so many. Oh, the back to scenes. Oh, mm. he's just oh, he's just bathing naked in it. Like what? Oh. Like what? Oh man, it's so. And that then he had a good payday just lying in the back to tank. Don't literally, do no offense to Tamora, he just didn't do much. Like they just wasted him. Fennec ended up doing more than him. Black Chrysanthemum was wasted. I think the definition of this show is wasted everything. Wasted storyline, wasted characters, wasted action, wasted acting, wasted everything. It was just a waste of my time. Waste of money. Yeah. But, but I still prefer it over the other two because the other two made me actually visibly almost upset of how much they ruined good characters. And and Boba Fett is a good character. He just hasn't had as much build-up as Obi-Wan as being in the movies. Mandalorian after coming off two amazing seasons. And even Boba Fett himself, right, he was better in Mandalorian Season (laughs) 2. And also, the best episodes in Boba Fett didn't involve him. So, like, and the best aspects, like, seeing Din go crazy with the Darksaber was unreal, you know what I mean? Like, like I don't know, like, and even seeing the better um, CGI deepfake of Luke training Grogu was unreal, you know what I mean? Like, but why would we see, you wouldn't expect to see that in Boba Fett. Like, I don't know, just weird stuff happening in the show. You cannot say that it is better than bulk average, even borderlining garbage. So, yeah, that's my opinion. Yep. Yep. Mark? Yep, I'll go next. So, borderlining garbage is exactly what I've got it as. I've got it in between average and hot garbage because I don't think I can call it hot garbage, but it's definitely close. And I think what I was had in my head is what I was going to say about this show is I don't remember what happened in the show. And that, to me, is a sign that I wasn't interested. It didn't... I didn't find it enjoyable and it didn't keep me involved in the show that's why i put it so low then as jack was speaking i remembered the jokes that book of boba fett is actually just the mandalorian season 2.5 which is also why i don't remember what happened because half the episodes weren't about boba fett what was about boba fett is not the badass bounty hunter that i think we all know and love but contrary to that point the best parts, in my opinion, of this show were the flashbacks with the Tuscan Raiders, because mm-hmm. that had actual—I don't know—had had actual like character development and sort of thing between him, interactions with the Tuscan Raiders, learning their ways, and mm-hmm. that's just a lot more interesting, in my opinion, than what we ended up seeing when he wasn't in a flashback and he was on Tatooine. Sadly, yes. and as Jack said, he was a mafia boss kind of thing, but. Even that, I don't think suits Boba Fett as a character. I feel like he's suited. He's he's just a soul, a solo bounty hunter who's just absolute badass who goes around and and does the job. Yes, Jack. 
thank you, Mark. I feel like I'm at school again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to quickly add to that. I like what you're saying with um Boba Fett being like a traveling, uh, like a hitman kind of type. However, <laughs> give him actual because then they'll be too similar to Mandalorian to give him actual character. That's that, true. I think it'd be cool. I think it was cool to envision him as someone who now he's the one giving orders. He's he's been on the other end of being the one you know doing everyone's bidding but now he's like you know what i'm gonna take this into my own hands and force everyone else to do my dirty work for me but also be that kind of fearful ruler you know what i mean like because jabba was a ruler but he didn't really scare me or like i don't know about yeah. you guys, but like, he never really he just knew people kind of thing you know what i mean like he never actually did anything himself it'd been cool to see boba fett be a leader whilst also forcing other people to do stuff for him and that's okay, why yeah. I thought the premise would have been cooler to see the character development, but then it just, in the end, he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, I've got two things to reply to that, and I hope I don't do my normal thing of forgetting one of those two things as I'm talking. But your point about, I agree that it would have been cool to see him as a fearless leader, uh, but I think that's the exact problem. He wasn't a fearless leader. Well, he yes. was He was kind of just like a, it was a bit... Felt like he'd gone soft, honestly, which yeah. I don't see Boba Fett doing. Yeah, and the I second think... aspect of that is that if he was to become some kind of boss figure, I feel like he would only do it if he knew there was the potential to not just earn more power, which was kind of explored, but to earn a lot of money through it, mm-hmm. which I don't think was explored throughout the show. So I think that would have been yeah. a lot more interesting. But personally, unless it was that sort of money making thing, I don't think that's why I think he would have stayed as a solo bounty hunter. Mm. And then, as you were saying as well, that that would be too similar to the Mandalorian. I definitely agree with you. And for that reason, I would honestly say I don't even think we needed a Boba Fetch of its own show. I think if it was like the movies and he just came in now and then, even in the Mandalorian and was the Boba Fett that we know and expect of just an absolute badass once again. Yeah. If I don't think he needed his own show. I think if if that, if he kind of, I don't know if you'd say cameo or not, but kind of like what he did in Mandalorian season two when he came in and out. Like if that, if that kept happening, I think that personally would have been just a lot better use of the character of Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying the premise was, I thought strong, just didn't, like you said, it didn't execute it, and that's why it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Go on. I've been very fascinated listening to what you guys have been saying about Boba Fett. I'm not going to speak for very long, but I just want to make mention. I, for some reason, thought the other day, oh, let's just chuck on the Boba Fett finale. Why not? So I watched it. Uh, first point that I want to make is something that Mark just said. Cad Bane calls Boba Fett soft like four times. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you've gone soft in your old age. You know, uh, uh, going soft or something about getting soft uh, is what gets you killed or something. Fair points. Um, And also accurate because, I mean, since when has Boba Fett ever been this guy that cares about other people? Um, Fennec Shand is by far the best part of this series. She's barely in it, but when she is, she's a great character. And I hope we get more of her because I think, yeah, she's a great character. I got a Funko Pop of Fennec Shand. That's how much I liked her in Boba Fett. Um, I agree. The best episode was not the Mandalorian stuff. It was the stuff with the Tusken Raiders. I think it was episode two. Was it the Tribes of Tatooine? I think that's what the episode was called. That was a great episode. 
Um, uh, I don't even know what else to say now. It's like, <laughs> like what you guys were mentioning, not much happened. Yeah. It wasn't exactly. I like, I know, I know, I do agree with the fact that it was, it felt like a, oh, war's coming. But then, but then it happened. It's like, war's coming, episode three, four, five, six. Yeah. Nothing um, it was scene. a bit like actually Ahsoka if you think about it I mean, you yeah, were going to get so. to the other galaxy but it took like three or four episodes for it to yeah. actually happen yeah yeah. I I don't know I think the way I can probably summarise this is that I agree it was wasted but I, I still had an alright time like it wasn't amazing but I, I enjoyed watching some of it it's not like it's not like Ahsoka where I was like, oh my god, a new book of Boba Fett episodes out tonight. I gotta watch it. Gotta get there at eleven o'clock so I can watch it. No, yeah. it wasn't like that. It was like, oh, Boba Fett's on. Oh yeah, you know, let's just go watch it now. So it's Loki. We don't need to get into Loki. That's <laughs> that's for pop culture. That's not that's not for now. All right. Um. So here is our lists. Uh, I am honestly surprised that we agreed on a lot of things. They look very similar, actually. Mm. Well, between Cooper and Jack. Well, I guess mine as well. A little yeah, well, bit. Mark, you you've got the same order as me, just in a, in different categories and positions. Oh, sorry, except for season one, season two. Oh, yeah, they're pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. we all pretty. It kind of shows that even with our divided opinions, we're all pretty kind of unanimous with a lot of our feelings about each property and how mm. we wish they ended up being. Kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And so, one thing I'll just touch on quickly. Um, and this is something I'm going to mention in our 2023 recap video at the end of the year. Next year, we've got two shows that are like The Mandalorian, complete bringing in completely new characters, time time periods with well, not not time periods, but Skeleton Crew, brand new brand new um, set of characters, and The Acolyte, brand new time period, focusing on the Jedi and the Sith. So. That'll be interesting to see where they stack in in this list. And then, you know, obviously we we haven't included Bad Batch or Clone Wars or Rebels or Tales of the Jedi, any of the animated stuff. I think in the future we should do a ranking all the Star Wars projects mm. and have that be like a really special episode. Um, but yeah, this is this is our live action series list. We've done our movie list, and yeah, I, I think it's been really good. And we hope you guys have enjoyed. Um, it's been a uh, Good discussion today. A bit of a longer episode, mm. but you know, it's always good to have a discussion. So I think we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye.